Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Um, today, we're going to talk about something called uh, 10%, or it's actually called the 90% rule. Um, and I guess what it is, is 10% of the work gets you 90% of the results. And what happens, I think, with, with prepping is it all does seem overwhelming. There is a million challenges, a million things out there to worry about. You can't really be prepared for everything. But the way it kind of works is it turns out there's just a few things in every category that seem to really get you the results, you know, that get you the meat. Um, just having the basics seem to take you further than, you know, running around kind of haphazard trying to get everything. People always, oh, look, I got the Bud K catalog and I see the little survival chain with a rope on it or something, you know, or the knife or the, you know, the little bracelet with paracord and, oh, look, I'm doing my prepper part. That, it's not really what prepping is. I mean, you know, there's a place for paracord and it can be really useful and that kind of thing. But there's certain things that actually get you real results where you can make minimal effort and get something, you know, done with a real yield. Uh, one of the examples I've heard is, is like a boxer when, when a, uh, professional boxer goes into a fight if he hasn't really been able to study or or deal with his opponent in a long time they end up doing that first couple of rounds where they just kind of dance around and feel each other out you kind of feel out somebody's capability kind of where they're at physically how aggressive they are that kind of thing before you come up with your plan of attack and and that's the idea, I think, with, you know, most things we approach, projects, um, you know, prepping, going to college, anything you do, you kind of want to take it in and say, all right, what's what really is the goal here? What am I looking to accomplish? And what are the steps that are going to get me the biggest results? And I think that's a great way to approach prepping and, and put your, you know, organization and, and everything in order is to kind of look at a bigger picture and then see where you can really get more bang for your buck. So Kevin, like where would you even start with something like that? You know, I think, I think you got to start with your basic needs. Um, you know, food and water, shelter, um, just the, the basics. What I think about, um, when I think about prepping, when I, think about the basics, basics, the things do I want to get started with? One is, is do I have enough food and water for, for two weeks? Um, you know, we talk about, you know, we talk about doing two weeks, uh, of food and, um, you know, that's easy enough to do. You know, you can start stockpiling, um, just buying cans of, of canned food. You can get, um, you know, boxed food, dried foods, uh, rice, pasta, things like that. And you can oh. even your pantry, you know, just go in there and dig through and find the canned stuff, find the stuff that's going to last a while and set it aside. Uh, it's not something you have to go out to the store and, and spend a whole bunch of money right off the bat. Um, one of the things that's a little bit more difficult is, is water because people think of water as you have to have enough to drink. Um, 
and that's you know that's a good place to start. But you know, yeah, also have to wash your hands. You want to be able to flush toilets. Uh, you want to be able to to clean things, your dishes, that sort of stuff. So water is a little bit uh, a little bit more. Uh, you have to have a little bit more set aside than than what you might commonly think. A lot of people say, "Oh, a gallon a day per person," and and get you know ten gallons worth of water, and they're good for ten days. But that water goes a lot faster if you're if you're using it like you normally use water in your house. You know, it's so easy to right. turn on the tap and hot water comes out. One, you know, cold water comes out, and you're all set. You know, we're kind of spoiled by that. Um, I'm not complaining about it, but you know, when that's gone, you're going to have a lot more use for water uh, than just yeah. drinking. And I think that's something to think about. Um, the other thing that I, I want to point out before we get, get too far is, is the shelter we are talking about. Um, a lot of us live in places that, that get cold during the winter. Um, you want to have a, a way to heat your house if the electricity's out. A lot of us have furnaces. Um, you know, electric heat, all that sort of stuff is is great. But when the power goes out, do you have a backup plan? Uh, you know, even one of those little camp stoves uh, that you can get uh, with a little propane tank, that's better than nothing. You know, if you have to start somewhere, you don't go out and spend thousands of dollars on a wood stove and spend money you don't have for for getting things set up for something like that. Uh, start basic and start simple and get stuff that you can use for more than one thing. Like a, like a camp stove is great for that. You know, you can take it out camping, but it also, you know, you can warm up some coffee on a, on a cold day when the power is not working. And, and that makes a big difference. So what I'd like, like you to do when you're, when you're doing these planning out these, these preps and you're just getting started is don't go out and spend thousands of dollars and, and, you know, buy all the, you know, latest gadgets and all the cool shit that you can find. Start with the basics and start with with uh, stuff that you can stuff that you're going to use one way or another, whether or not you come into an emergency or not. And just start setting things aside for you know for an emergency situation. Now, I think that's that's right. Uh, you really need to, you know just start to plan with baby steps, you know, you, you just kind of ease into it, but putting a little thought in, I think, you know, makes the, the things go in the right direction, I guess, you know, what, what are the, the little supplies that are going to last on the shelf, you know, when you're doing it or how, how can I do a cheap, easy recurring water or set water aside, you know, something like the water Bob, right. You know, we talked about that, throwing that in the bathtub, bam, I can get all this water right away. Now, if your water goes out all of a sudden and it just stops coming out of the faucet, you're kind of screwed with that. It's not really going to help you. But if you live in a town with a big water tower or something or the water treatment's up on the hill, the pumps shut down, you're still going to have some water coming out of those pipes. And that's a big thing, you know, that you're able to, you know, you could fill it up and kind of get ahead of everybody else. And you know, you want to be careful not to be wasteful. You don't want to be the guy grabbing all the water while your neighbors are getting screwed because you took it all. But just the same, it is your job to take care of your family and your own, you know, and and having a plan to do that is definitely a smart, you know, direction ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the other 
things that I, I talk, used to talk about all the time, and I haven't mentioned it in a while, uh, but it bears repeating. Batteries. Inventory yes. your batteries. How many batteries do you have? Get more batteries. Whatever you've got, it's not enough. You know, so many stuff runs off of batteries that you don't think about until until you need to use it. You know, you go into the the lights go out, you go to the, the drawer, you pull out your flashlight and it doesn't come on. You know, it's been sitting in there for two years and the batteries are dead or you left it on the last time you put it away or your kid took it out to play flashlight tag and and, you know, left it on and, and stuck it in the drawer and closed the drawer and it did. You know, I have a big, you know, box that I keep all my batteries in. D batteries, C batteries, A batteries, triple A batteries. There's no such thing as A batteries, double A batteries and triple A batteries. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that's all right. Um, it's, it's, it's important to have just to have the variety of the different types. You don't want to pull out the flashlight and realizes it uses triple A's and not double A's and you're now you're fucked. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on that. You're going to, you know, the power's out, it's been three days. You don't know what's happening. Your phone's dead. Um, but you've got that old radio in the garage, you know, that takes the C batteries and you can go set it up and get that radio going and figure out what the hell's going on in your neighborhood, you know? Things like that are really uh uh really a, a a great way to not spend a lot of money but also have a um a backup plan. Yeah, I mean I, I know I put together a quick uh like Faraday cage and that's where a lot of you know the really good preps now i mean to be honest there's probably 200 bucks in there and again probably not the starting point but man if there was an emp or something like that that's a you know i actually have some more stuff in there beyond the 200 bucks but at a a 200 hour limit you could have a couple of battery you know solar chargers a bunch of you know like n loop quality rechargeable batteries that you know are really going to last um i have cr123a uh batteries that are rechargeable i have you know like a crank radio uh i actually have a couple sets of uh uh motorola uh that talk about you know radios because communications are huge you know in, in a situation and stuff like that just putting it all together closing it up in a, in a legitimate Faraday cage that that's going to work. You know, we've done episodes on that. If you guys are curious, I'm sure YouTube's full of it too. Um, actually, I think we have some on our YouTube channel at the, the prepping badass channel, but you, uh, throw that stuff and you can actually see some of the things I put in there too. Um, but then you have the go-to stuff that's going to be a game changer, you know, 200 bucks worth of electronics, no, that's not all the electronics I use in a normal day, but damn, I can change the world. You know, some of you may even have like old iPods or something that you can load up a bunch of PDFs and throw in there. You know, you probably have like an old iPod that you have in a drawer somewhere or whatever, you know, where you can store all your, your favorite episodes of the Survival and Basic Badass podcast, right? Throw it in the Faraday cage, but just you know, and I have some lights and things like that in there, you know, the simpler flashlights, you're not going to need it in a Faraday cage. It won't make a difference, but you know, things like that, 
you plan for, and it's going to take you light years ahead of everybody else. Now, again, Faraday cage, probably not the first thing I would do when I'm starting to get into prepping, but something of where a couple of things could be a game changer, you know, being able right. to, I mean, yeah, if you can have thermal in there or something, you know, you can see at night or, you know, uh, decent radios, you know, with real range where instead of having to have runners to go back or, you know, to tell people what's going on, you can have a couple of checkpoints around your community to protect against the crazy riots that came in and, you can communicate, hey, we need more people over here. Hey, this is going on. Or you could have an overwatch. Hey, look, there's a bunch of crazy people coming up at you. You know, those kind of things. It becomes a game changer, you know, being able to communicate like that. And so a little bit of preparing can take you a long way. You know, people say, oh, well, the probability of that, you know, an EMP or a, a solar flare or something like that, never going to happen. We don't need to worry about it. Well, you know what, to be honest, the, the reality of it happening in our lifetime, probably pretty unlikely, but spending 200 bucks. And honestly, I can use those things for other stuff. If you know, the need arises, there's a lot of other uses there, but 200 bucks and that set aside can be a real game changer. If that's something that you think is a legitimate fear, you know, that you're worried about. And, you know, again, you know, your money can take you as far as you want, but that first 200 bucks is going to put you a light year ahead of other people. Whereas 2000 bucks can, you know, put you ahead of people, but it's not going to take you that much further. You know, that's kind of the, the point of this episode. It'll, you know, keep you going, but you know, the, just getting the basics out of the way, you could really put yourself ahead of the crowd. Yeah. One of the things I, I, like to like to do is is i've got uh these different different battery packs for uh charging my phone you know usb plugins they're not expensive um i got one that's uh solar powered you know you set it out in the sun and then plug it in your phone charge your phone right up uh, i've got a couple other ones that are just you know you just plug into the wall and charge up and then they last you know the last six months a year you know they're the last quite a while and you know uh, you know, you're used to plugging in your phone maybe when you go to bed at night or, you know, when you get in your car and drive to work. Uh, but after a day or two, your phone's going to be dead. You know, your phone's going to run out of power real fast if you don't have a place you can plug it in. And having one of those backups is is really inexpensive. Um, and a smartphone is really helpful. If you have service and you have power, that's going to make a, a world of difference in, in the information that you're able to access uh, in an emergency situation, let alone just calling your, your mom and checking in on her, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, one of the other things that I think uh, is important to talk about is um, your medicine cabinet. Now, uh, you can spend thousands of dollars getting all sorts of medications and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um I had a, a friend of mine that's from, uh, he lives, he lived in Yemen, his family's out there. Um, and he went to go take a trip out there uh, a few months ago. And one of the things he did was just went to the drugstore and just raided the over the counter, uh, medicine they had there. You know, they didn't, couldn't even get like things like baby aspirin and stuff like that. We don't have that problem. You know, you might have a, a problem getting to the drugstore 
in an emergency situation, but you can stock that stuff up right now. You know, check check it. How how much Tylenol do you have left? How much aspirin do you have left? You know, what's your situation with with band aids and bad uh, and you know Nyquil and and things like that? The basic medications that can really make a difference um, in a bad situation like that. I think it's I think it's worthwhile to uh, to check your medicine cabinet, see what you're low on, and just you know keep the stock up. You know, pick up the the stuff before you need it. Don't wait until your kid's sick then and then run out to the to the pharmacy. Have that stuff uh, set aside and prepared. You know, it makes a difference right. even in that sort of thing. You know, your kid's running a fever and shit. Now I gotta get in my car and drive out to the pharmacy instead of you know sitting here next to them and already have the the you know something to bring their fever down. Um, two dollars having having your. $2 on anti-diarrhea medicine can be a game changer, you know, mm-hmm. planning ahead, something like that, or, you know, to be honest, Benadryl, you know, I, I, I had Sam's club will buy the, the big, like, you know, $5 pack of, of Benadryl pills, you know, and that kind of thing, you know, that comes in handy a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Something like Orogel, you know, kind of cool. You know, it really, I use Orogel with the kids with like bee stings um, I, I've pulled stitches out of my kids with Orogel, you know, where I numb it a little bit and then good to go. You know, things like that can give you a huge advantage, you know, with things that come up and just having it on hand instead of, oh, that'd be cool right now, but I don't have it. And, you know, damn, with inflation, you know, damn, anything you buy now is an investment, right? Because next right. week you can sell it for twice, you know? And, and honestly, a lot of things are really disappearing. People don't, I think you could never imagine in America that we would end up in the world, but where it's funny, I was, I was re-listening to Atlas Shrugged again, and uh, they, they, they always talked about like the businesses closing and you couldn't get a car, you couldn't get a new car because there's no parts. You couldn't get, you know, a... Uh, you know, the, the phone lines couldn't be replaced in an area because there was no new copper wire or whatever, you know, things like that. And it kept becoming more and more of an issue. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's a fantasy extreme situation. But now when you go to the car dealer and you're like, hey, you know, I need new heads for my engine. Oh, yeah. Look, man, you got to pay for them right now. And it's going to be over a month before they might show up. But really, we have no ETA, and there's like 200 people ahead of you in line, and I don't know what to tell you. Or you can buy some used shit that, you know, I have some garbage here that you can buy that because that's the world we live in now. Well, uh-huh. all right, screw it. I'll just buy a new car. Oh, yeah, we don't have those either. You Can't know? do that either. I, I was talking talking to this guy, and he's like, yeah. He goes, I went to the car dealer. And I just sold my car and I had $10,000 cash and I thought I was king. And I went in and I was like, yeah, I got 10 grand. What do you got on the use lot? Yeah, we got nothing for you. And then he's like, oh, that guy's trying to rip me off. What a dick. Goes to another dealer and they're like, yeah, man, I don't want to be rude. But yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. And, Uh you know, my point is, and I know where I work, there's different you know, our, our supply chain, luckily the company I work for is pretty smart where we actually buy most of our suppliers 
so that way we can control what's coming in. You know, whenever the opportunity presents itself, we, you know, I mean, shit, we actually bought a, uh, a big percentage of 3M when this COVID happened to make sure that we could get masks. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how, you know, the way my company thinks, um, you know, the company I work for. But uh, anyway, the, uh, that's the kind of thing, though. You really have to worry about where your stuff comes from. And more and more in this modern age with everything shutting down and nobody willing to work and, and just the supply chain disruptions everywhere, you know, gas, all these things are, are weighing in and, and just kind of crushing from the outside where things aren't available and you need to kind of think ahead and plan, but you can't run around frantic. You got to, you know, have a plan of attack and get the stuff that's really going to benefit you. Like what else would you be looking for, Kevin? Well, I mean, I think that supply chain issue right now is, is kind of waking everybody up. Um, that's, that's a, a real issue. And, uh, you know, me personally, I try and do as much of my own stuff as I possibly can. Um, I try and reuse and repurpose stuff. <clears throat> and that's something to, to keep in mind when you're, when you're doing stuff like that, when you can't find something, um, you know, dig through your basement, dig through your garage, and you can usually find something that'll, that'll work temporarily in an emergency situation. But one of the other things that I think is, um, is a, is a good idea for beginning preppers is, uh, practice your fire starting. Um, a lot of people, uh, you know, I, I like to have a, a fire in the, in the fire pit in the back, you know, two or three times a week. I just, uh, it's one of the things I enjoy doing. I like doing, but a lot of people that live in urban areas and city areas don't have a lot of experience with it. You know, it can be really hard to get a fire started with, uh, you know, if it's been raining for three days and you can't find anything dry. Uh, you know, it can be really hard to, uh, you know, get a fire started with uh, with uh, flint. You know, a lot of people talk about that. And, oh, make sure you have your flint, you know, so you can get that. You know, it, it'll take you uh, 30 minutes or so to get that fire started. Um, try try doing the, uh, what the, the bow drill. And, you know, there's a couple of ways to get fire with friction. Good luck with that if things are wet. That's not going to happen. You know, if you don't have dry stuff, that's that's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. No, I, I personally so like not, to start up on. Go ahead. It's not like the movies where you, uh, you know, just slap two rocks together and the fire comes on or maybe rope, rub <laughs> some sticks. I tie my shoelace on a stick and turn it quick. Two minutes. Uh-huh. And right. oh, there's yeah, that's the smoke. Here we go. Blow on it. Good. I'm good. There it goes. Yeah. No, that's not the reality of fire starting. No, no. And it almost never works out that way. You know, you're going to be working on that for, for days if you're trying to, you know, use a bow drill or, or something like that. Um, personally, I, I've got a big stockpile of lighters, cigarette lighters. I've got them in my car. I've got them in a bug out bag. I've got them, you know, every place, every place because it's a lot easier. And, you know, I, when I, in my bug out bag, I also keep a small uh, bottle of lighter fluid. Uh, the ones you use to like fill up Zippo lighters just because if it's wet, if it's rainy and you're trying to get a fire started, it's going to be a nightmare with just trying to, trying to use a lighter, you know, matches without anything to help you out. Uh, it can really be difficult if you're trying to do that in, in the wet area, 
you know, so I'd recommend stock stocking up on a couple of matches, stocking up on, on some lighters, have some stuff available and ready to use. Um, now, when we talk, I just mentioned bug out bags. So let's let's talk real quick about a, a basic bug out bag that you can do for, you know, do for a few bucks. Um, I think I've probably got a thousand dollars invested in my bug out bag. But you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a retard. I go over the top with stuff. You don't need to spend a thousand dollars on a bug out bag. What I'd recommend is spending the money on the bag itself, a bag that you can carry that fits you well, that you know distributes the weight well, and then after that, you can just fill it up with the stuff you have around your house. Throw some lighters tuna in there, fish. like Ed mentioned. <laughs> a couple of cans of tuna. Make sure you have a can opener if you have canned stuff in there. Uh, no electric can openers. Um, you know, dry socks, uh, change, change of underwear and t-shirt. Um, start there, start with, uh, you know, a couple of granola bars in there, uh, compass a map, you know, start with the basics. You don't have to have a bug out bag. That's going to help you survive the apocalypse for the next, uh, six months. Just something quick you can grab that can, you know, keep you dry, keep you warm and keep you fed for, for a little while. You know, so uh, as far as bug out bags go, I think that's an important part of prepping. A lot of people talk about bug out bags. That's the big sexy thing. Bug out bags, bug out bag. That's all everybody talks about. The truth is, though, you just need something that you can grab and go that has some of your basics in there. Uh, Don't stress out about, you know, spending, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars and all the the lightweight, uh, cool shit. You can work on that later. Um, just just start with the basics, and you can stock that bag as you go. Um, don't but don't worry about you know blowing out all your savings so you can uh, have the top of the line bug out bag and and you know you can survive out of it for for the next year. Um, if you guys want to check out, we actually have a uh, a video on our on the Prepping Badass YouTube channel on doing a 72-hour get-home bag. And that's kind of what Kevin's talking about right now. That bag is the bag that, you know, is going to get you there. We also have one where a video where it's like, hey, take the kitchen sink and everything and you're going to rebuild the world. And that's more not a bag to carry. That's a bag you can carry two miles through the woods, but you're not running off whatever. That one was intended to be like, Hey, throw this in the back of the truck and get the hell out of town because everything's there and and you're ready to go. Um, Definitely two different purposes. And, you know, take it all with a grain of salt as, hey, here's a good starting point. Decide what's right for you. But if it's something you're actually planning on leaving on foot, like Kevin said, having something that fits you properly, distributes the weight evenly, and, you know, is really well planned and packed. That's going to make a big difference and a game changer if you need to get out of somewhere on foot in a hurry. So, you know, something to do. But again, little steps. You pick the right things that are, you know, most important, biggest concerns to you and your family. You lay those out. You knock those out right away. And then you move on to the bigger things. But also a little bit of thinking beforehand instead of just spending your money on survival crap and gear because it says survival on it or you saw it on, you know, 
the whatever prepper page thing, whatever that a lot of that stuff is cool. Like some of the cool camping gear and things we talk about, but make sure it's the most important thing for you and your family right now. Cause with the economy and if inflation and everything, you don't need to be spending money on nonsense. You need to be spending money on stuff that's effective and good. Now, if you can afford the thermal scope for your rifle, because you got it like that, then game changer, you should be getting it, because that shit's awesome. But it's not necessarily where you need to start. That's not, you know, having enough food in your pantry to, that you don't have to race to the store and fight people with, you know, slamming shopping carts into each other to make sure that you're able to give your kids dinner for the week. You know, that probably should come first. And putting yourself in credit card debt or whatever, where you're not going to be able to, you know, make the payments and you get kicked out of your house, probably wasn't the good choice for the thermal. Um, spending your money to buy two weeks of food on the credit card and then you get kicked out of your house. Well, at least you got two weeks of food. So, you know, I'll give you that, you know, and that bill doesn't come yeah. for a while. So, you know, but that's mm -hmm. it. Think about how you prioritize stuff. And put a little effort into that, you know, a little foresight in the beginning and decide what are really, you know, possible problems, practical things you can do to, you know, make it a game changer, you know, to put you ahead. Right. And like Chuck said, you don't want to have to be at the grocery store fighting other people and ramming people with shopping carts. But if you want to do that, that's okay. I mean, if you want to just do that yes. on your regular shopping trip, I have no problems with that. Just, you know, you don't want to have to be doing that. Um, now, the last thing I got here um, is it'd be good to, to make a list of your prepping goals. Um, everybody lives in a different type of environment, different type of climate, uh, urban, rural, and you need to have have a, a basic plan on what you want to have ready and what sort of uh, situations you might find yourself in. Um, if I live in Florida, I'm not going to plan for blizzards, you know. Um, if I live in the Midwest, I'm not going to worry about hurricanes. You, you kind of have to work where, where you're at and see what the real problems that you might be running into are and plan accordingly. Um now, if you have no food, you know, what I would recommend is this. Make a list of, of five or ten things that you need to do to get more prepared. And then just prioritize and start with the first three. Start with the first couple on that list, the most important ones, and work on those. Uh, sometimes this sort of stuff, prepping, can be overwhelming. It can seem like, you know, seem like you've got a lot to do and not enough time and not enough money to do any of it. But uh, just take it easy. Take it slow and start where, where you're at and work forwards from there. Like Chuck was saying, if you don't have two weeks worth of food stored up, don't go out and buy the thermal scope. It's not, it's not worth it yet. Uh, that 10% gets you 90% of the way there. Having two weeks worth of food and water that's 90% of the way there. You're almost, you're almost set. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of preppers that I talk to, a lot of people that I talk to are, you know, they get super crazy about, you know, they have 15, uh, 
you know, they have 10 or 15 AR-15s and different types of, of weapons, all sorts of ammunition, but they don't have any food stored up. You know, that shit isn't going to do you a whole lot of fucking good unless your plan is to go to your neighbor's house and rob them. So, you know, think, think about it before you go out spending all your money on, on crazy stuff and uh, make a plan first. Make a plan on what you need. Um, don't go out there and just see whatever you see is 10% off on the, uh, you know, on the, on the prepper homepage and, and go out and spend $80,000 on, on food for the next, uh, 15 years. And, uh, you know, cause it was 10% off, you know, 10% off. And then you're going to realize that food that you ordered is all dry, freeze dried. And it tastes like garbage. Uh, think about your, you know, think about what you want and what you need before you go out spending the money. If you want to spend $80,000 on food, that's that's fine. Do that. But uh, most people, you know, that's a lot of money for most people. And honestly, I think you're probably in the, in the ballpark of, of $30,000 for getting uh, five years worth of food. But um, whatever it is, it is. That shit can get expensive fast. Easy go, easy go, man. I'll just keep working. That's the way I mm-hmm. see it. Now, yep, I know yep. you were kind of excited this week. Uh, we kind of got the verdict on the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trial there. Yeah, everybody's talking about that. Um, personally, I, I really didn't pay a whole lot of attention to, the, to that. Uh, I saw a lot of dumb shit on the, on the news. It seemed like the defense was really uh, oh, pretty fucking guy. shitty. You know, oh, dude, I'm garbage. Reading, uh, I'm listening to them. They they played some kind of a, I don't know, clip of the prosecutor. It was it was right around when they were bashing him for taking the gun. He doesn't even look to see if it's loaded, and he's pointing it at the jury and got his finger in the trigger hold, and uh, in the tri- trigger guard there, and he's like, "Well, somebody checked it before they handed it to me, so I'm good." Pointing it at the right, jury right. and and his finger on the trigger. But that wasn't even what disturbed me the most, although that's pretty disturbing. I mean, I assume if you hand an imbecile an AR-15 that you, somebody checked it out. Like, you know, who knows? Right. Apparently, that's not a thing, actually, knowing how to check out a gun. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, you know, he probably had the safety on, so I wouldn't even worry about it. Um, you know, nobody was like, hey, well, did he have the safety on? Say, yeah. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. We all know in, in the... Uh, the, the the gun world that uh the safety is you know between your ears and you're supposed to not mm-hmm. point shit at people and put not pointing at people that'd be even better yeah, that's, but that's you know whatever so anyway this jackass is trying to defend one of the guys who got shot i don't even know which one or care but bottom line he's like yeah this guy just left the hospital and he was just going home or whatever he didn't we don't even think that he went to go try and go to this riot and whatever, you know, this, this protest. Right. And, you know, yeah, he pushed over a porta potty, but nobody was in it. And yeah, he pushed over a trailer and set it on fire. But this guy was just out. Like, you know, these are things they're going to make it sound bad, but is it really bad? And the guy's like mocking, like, you know, going out and pushing over porta potties. Like, who doesn't do that? I mean, you know, come on, mm-hmm. you know, but thing is like, I, I know some jackass people who would do that kind of thing, but to make the argument, yeah, he just happened over there and he just happened to, you know, cause that's what people do. I'm like, no, dude, that's not what people do. Like, I, I don't know what your world is like, 
But no, I don't mm-hmm. just walk over and destroy people's hard work and effort and be like, hey, fuck you and your stuff. You know, oh, look, you got that nice car. Let me smash the window because, ah, that's funny. No, yeah. I, I don't yeah. really No, I think I said fun. the defense earlier. I meant I meant the the prosecution. And, you know, it it seemed a little bit crazy how they're tra- trying to paint the guys that, that got shot as, yeah. you know, these simple, you know, honest people that were really yeah. just believed in, in – and equality and, and helping their black friends and black, black neighbors. It's not like they're wife beaters or anything like that, you know? Oh yeah, I guess they are. Turns out they are, but I don't, I don't know. The whole thing seems, seems a little bit dumb to me in the sense that, you know, one, this kid didn't live in this area and traveled there on purpose with a, with a gun that he shouldn't have done. To his I, mom took him there. Like, what yeah. the fuck? I would never take my kid to that sort of fucking situation. I would never yeah, bring exactly. my kid there. Uh, yeah. That exactly. seems, you know, part of that has to rest on mom being, you yeah. know, just being foolish. And that's, but, that's one of the you know, things I see is it's very concerning that, you know, hey, like I'm not going to grab the AR-15 and go to where a bunch of jackasses are hanging out in town. There's ways to protest and show your, you know, and I don't mean ways to stand out in the street and protest correctly. But what I mean is to show the government that you don't approve. There's ways to do that and to let your voice be heard and ways to do things without being a jackass. And there is a time, you know, to pick up arms. But out in the street in front of the Piggly Wiggly, probably not that time. You know, not like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, and I understand you don't want to go, you know, let people destroy your business. And, you know, we have heard stories about people losing their whole livelihood from these riots and things getting destroyed. And that is kind of a big deal. And, you know, stuff does need to be defended and there is a place for that. But damn, don't just go out there looking for a fight. That That's the answer. You know, um, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, there's a lot of gray and you can, you know, make points of, well, you know, you got to protect what's right. And if we don't take a stand, we'll lose everything. And there's definitely an argument to be made there, but going out and acting out with a bunch of thugs and whatever is not necessarily, you know, where you want to be. And then plan ahead. If you're going to go do that, safety in numbers, you know, if you're an overwhelming force, then you can kind of, you know, and, and maybe you can make the argument. That's why they brought a 17 year old. Cause we were trying to up our numbers and, you know, be a, a you know, prepared uh, group, but they weren't cause he was all alone. You know, they left him on his own and that's, it just, it just was bad decision after bad decision that put him in a bad spot. And yeah, you, mm-hmm. you should be allowed to defend yourself. And you know what, to be honest, if he didn't shoot people, they probably would have beat the hell out of him, could have killed him, left him permanently, you know, mentally challenged, whatever. It's just don't put yourself in that situation. But I'm saying that doesn't mean don't stand up for your rights. Don't protect what you have. I'm saying be smart about it. Be smart mm-hmm. about how, you, you know, what you do and, and the choices that you make. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of people are painting him as a hero. I don't really see that. I think that yeah. he, you're right. He defended himself. He was probably going to get the shit kicked out of him. 
but he brought himself in that he put himself in that situation right. to begin with. You wouldn't have found me standing there with an AR-15 by myself in the middle of the street. You know, yeah. it just it's not it's not how it is. But like I said, there is a place for protecting your community and your small business, even though right now you might be screaming, well, it wasn't his community. Well, OK, but, you know, we have friends and people we care about. I think his dad lived there or something in that community or I, I don't know. Again, not really focused on the details. I'm focused on be smart when you go out and make choices. You know, think about where you're going to be, what you're going to do, what the possible scenarios are, how you'd handle it, and are you prepared to deal with the consequences? And, you know, those things matter. You know, even though he was found not guilty, um, there were consequences, you know? Mm -hmm. He paid heavy consequences for his action. Fear, stress, anxiety. Even if he sues, you know, they're talking about he's going to sue the media or, you know, different things. Glenn Beck's like, oh, I'll give him money. He'll, you know, we'll go after the people who painted him as whatever. I guess the president's like, yeah, he's a white racist or some stupid shit. I, I don't know. You know, it's just yeah. like, what the fuck? But yeah, there I've heard a lot of people saying a lot of actions. stupid shit. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and I hear, you know, I have to at listen at work well people are like well you know why did he have an ar-15 in the street and he's in a different state and he's only 17 why the fuck shouldn't a 17 year old be able to hold an ar-15 get out of here shut up it's fucking america mm-hmm. you know yeah. but again <laughs> why he's you know there and whatever you know again it's all it's all nuanced and there's good and bad points and, you know, society were so quick to judge one another and, and jump on, you know, our bandwagon and, and the limited stuff we've heard, you know, I've only heard my limited stuff and, and you've only heard yours because we can only deal with so much bullshit before we get overwhelmed and just shut down. So yeah, there's a lot of nuance and, and stuff in there, but you know, Hey, think before you act is all I'm saying. And, you know, honestly, I'm way happier that this kid's life didn't get ruined for, you know, choices that he made right now. To be honest, I'm good with the outcome. But was it bad choices on his part? All day long. And you're naive to defend it like, hey, this was the right thing. Well, I mean, yeah, the outcome of the trial may be the right thing. But was it the right thing for him to be standing around out there like that? Probably not, you know. I'm going to have to go with no, but, but on the flip side, we can't just roll over and give up the world to people who want to, you know, make noise and and be loud about it. People who want to say, well, it's our rights and we can do whatever we want. And we just let them roll over us and we keep cowing down. You know, we used to talk about, you know, earlier on in this podcast about the education system. And, you know, for a long time, people are like, well, I teach my kids at home and it doesn't matter. You know, they learn the principles and values from what they see with us. But you forget that these teachers are like indoctrinating your kids for eight hours a day and they have a real influence on the children that they're bringing up. And, you know, to say that there hasn't been an effect from the education system, that they haven't influenced the way people think and act in society over the last 30 years would be pretty naive. You know, we have definitely made some cultural shifts. And I know for a fact that a lot of the decisions and thought processes that I get out of my kids came from school, you know, 
um, they approach things a certain way from stuff they were taught in the public schools. And I'm not saying be terrified of the public schools. What I'm saying is we can't just let people roll over us and we back down from everything. You need to go to school board meetings. You need to pay attention. And it's impossible to worry about everything at once. Again, choose 10% of your battles and, you know, focus on that instead of being scattered and all over the place. So you have thoughts, ideas, concerns, things you want to talk to us about, shoot us an email at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Maybe start the conversation in the Prepping Badass group on Facebook. Uh, we could definitely, you know, have a debate. And otherwise, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.